I now have so much love and compassion for people. And I am especially drawn to the lesser vessel because I know how they feel. I know how I feel. This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal God's love and power in the lives of His children. What God has done for our storytellers, He lives to do for you. The Unseen Story is a nonprofit that relies on financial support from listeners like you. Please visit our website, theunseenstory.org, to find out how you can partner with us today. God's favor doesn't always mean positive outcomes. It doesn't always equate happiness. Sharon learned to see God's favor through incredibly difficult circumstances. His favor was his presence and his love through it all. You're listening to Sharon's story, God's favor. So my name is Sharon, and uh, I entitled my story today, God's favor. So I'm not going to talk to you in a casual conversation and tell you my life. But if ministry calls for it, I will share with you so you don't have to walk it alone. and You don't have to be in the dark alone. My story begins with me being from a small place, not too small, not too big, but a small place in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. I call it um, from the sticks of Arkansas, but really it's the ghetto of Pine Bluff, Arkansas. That's the real deal. And uh, I grew up in a Christian home, uh, even though my mom was a a single parent of 12 children. She was married twice. Uh, but she became a single parent. So I've always known about the Lord. I will not say I was always a Christian, but I grew up in a Christian environment where it was so many of us, and we went to church two times, times a lot of times per week. Uh, and so we was basically the church, and I'm sure you can imagine that. So I grew up serving in the church. I am the first one in my family. In my family, my mother's side of her family, I'm not sure about my father's side, to attend college and finish. And so I'm very thankful for that. And I'm saying that because the favor of the Lord was on my life then. And as I go further, you'll know what I'm talking about. Growing up, it was 10 of us in the home at one time. And after, um, I think when I turned like 9 or 10 years old, we were left with 8 in the family, and when my mother suffered a nervous breakdown, I became her caregiver as well as the caregiver for her children that was uh, right there under me. And that was very traumatic at at nine years old to do that. But the Lord saw us through all of that uh, caring for them. But there was a part of my life where God made me the person that I am. And I believe is the reason that I majored in what I majored when I went on to college. I majored in special education. And um, uh, I had two siblings who were mentally challenged, Uh, not physically, but they were mentally challenged. And at the time, I didn't know this. I just knew they needed a care that was special from anyone else's care. And so I assisted my mom. And I can remember back as far as six, uh, getting up before anyone else, cleaning up, washing dishes, 
I didn't rake the yard. We swept the yard because we were very poor, so we didn't have a rake. So I swept the yard with the broom. And my mom used to say, you're my alarm clock because I get up with your singing. She said, I would be out singing songs to the Lord, just singing six, five, you know, years old. And so that's my background coming from the sticks of Arkansas. And when I graduated from college, I stayed there an additional two years. I started teaching there and uh, I was engaged. I don't like to use the word bad, but it was a bad breakup. It was not abusive. It was just painful because it hurt two families. And so I left Arkansas, moving to Dallas because I thought if I left, that would heal what I was feeling inside. And so I began to um, give myself to the Lord. But I want to back up because I'm out of order. I got saved in 1981 on my first teaching assignment. So I graduated from high school in 75, started the school in 76, finished in three years. So 79 and 80 was that year where I was teaching. And uh, this group of people, this is the most important part about my story, this group, this couple that I just love oh so much, uh, they began to tell me about the Lord. And I would think, why would they always talk about God? Do they have anything else to talk about? I mean, it was just weird to me because I wasn't accustomed to that. But they were Pentecostal, and I grew up in a Baptist church. And um, But I thank God that today that I'm not connected with denominations. And I thank God for that. I'm connected with the Holy Father. But anyway, it was, they witnessed a lot. They witnessed a lot and they kept witnessing to me. And so I had a lot of questions because they would tell me things I had never heard. I mean, never. And it was just fascinating to me. But what I didn't know was that they were witnessing. They was trying to catch a fish. I was just asking questions you know, and I didn't know that. And finally, and they owned a cleaners. They had a dry cleaning service. And so I would go there after school, listening to those stories. And so one day we were there and this minister came in. That was a dear friend of theirs. So when he walked in, he was just happy to see me. And I was happy to see him. I will never forget his name. His name was Elder Dewberry. And uh, so when he came in, he just looked over there at me. He said, um, Sister Whitehead. So I said, yes. He said, do you want to be saved? I said, I do. It just came out of my mouth. Now, my friends, uh, uh, Nita and John had asked me several times, oh, no, I'm not ready. I don't know. Uh, Well, I'm already saved. I don't understand this thing. But when he said it just bubbled up out of my mouth. And he said, well, you can be. And he laid hands on me. And when he laid hands on me, I, oh God, it was uncontrollable screaming. It was actually screaming. It was not crying. It was screaming. I remember, I'm calling rejoicing, but I was really dancing and jumping around in the cleaners. I experienced a feeling that I never experienced before. I experienced God doing something for me, transforming my life, filling me with this Holy Spirit. I remember that, and I will never, ever forget that. But then I find myself coming to Dallas, meeting my husband. I was in love, very, very, very much in love. 
because he brought some things to the table. I could show you this letter I had written to the Lord. And he had everything on the letter. He was everything in the letter except for the main thing. He was not saved. And you know what? I didn't realize that because I thought going to church with me was enough, but it wasn't. When I met my husband, I was living a celibate life. And so we started engaging with each other. And so I got pregnant. And so arrogance, arrogance and pride set in. And because at this Pentecostal church, they were going to drag you through the mud because you are not, you know, you got pregnant, you are unwed, they just wouldn't look good. And so I went to him and I told him I wanted to get an abortion. He nearly died when I said that. But at that particular time, it really didn't mean anything to me. I had had one before and it was my senior year in high school. Didn't know how to handle it. Didn't want to deal with it. So now we two abortions, right? In my life, all as I when I look back at it, it was all behind arrogance and pride, forgetting where you came from, not really knowing who you are, and thinking that this is the answer to what you've done. And I don't call it mistakes. For me, I knew. I knew in high school what I was doing. I knew when I got here and met my husband, I knew what I was doing. I don't call it a mistake. I call it a choice. After that, I was just uh, broken and just hurt. Um, I remember when I came into the knowledge that this meant more to me of my relationship with the Lord than it did with my boyfriend and with the church. It, it had become all about God. What is God thinking about me? How does God view me? What is he saying when I get down on my knees, when I get my Bible to, to read it? And it became very difficult for me to do that. And my boyfriend, husband, whatever, he was just, I mean, he was just happy. It's good. Like it, it was just no problem to him. Seemed like, seemed like. And I remember telling him only one time, and I was just praying about it. I said, listen, if I'm good enough to have your children, I am good enough to be your wife. And if you love me, like you say you do, we can get married. Because when I look back, I could see my history from Arkansas, and I didn't want that for me. And uh, and, I, and I didn't give him an ultimatum or anything. He... Um, for lack of a better word, I'm just going to say the Lord moved on his heart. He obliged me and surprised me one day, called me and told me to come home. It was an emergency. So I get home. We get in the car. We go downtown, city of Dallas, and we get our marriage license. For me, that's God's favor. The Lord covered me, and we got married. My pastor married us, uh, and I'm thankful for that. We were married for 31 years. Our marriage um, suffered a lot of things. Uh, it suffered infidelity. And at the time, I didn't know it. The Holy Spirit showed it to me. It suffered him uh, suffering from bipolar, and I didn't know. So then that caused physical abuse at times in the home with me and my children. 
And I learned that there were seasons of when he was up, he was up. And you better enjoy it. Because when a season of that downcast, that gloom came over him, it wasn't good. It wasn't good for him, and it wasn't good for anybody around him. But I can say this, is, and I love to say this too, that the Lord took my lemons and turned them into lemonade. He was an excellent provider, but again, still, he wasn't saved. He wasn't a man of God. He pleased me by going to church with me as he did before we got married. And even during the marriage, he pleased me. And then after I began to start doing ministry work within the church, he would um, allow me to go take the children and go and be involved in different things. And, and, And I appreciate that. I thank God for that because my children grew up in the church. But what he knew and from his background and how he grew up, it was similar to mine's, similar, but he had a mom and dad, and they were married, but his father lived another life with another family. They lived in Marietta, Texas, which is two hours from here, two and a half hours outside of Dallas, but he had a family here in Dallas. So our backgrounds were similar, but I didn't know that because he hid that from me. I started learning things as the family would share things. Then I would think, well, our backgrounds are very, very similar. But anyway, the Lord turned my lemons into lemonade. We were married for 31 years, um, and it was very, very rocky. But if I fast forward my story, when my husband had started having strokes, when he started having strokes, we kind of ignored them. And kind of like, oh, you know, he'll be okay. Because my husband was a very strong man. But when he started having those strokes, we ignored them. And we shouldn't have done that. My daughter from Houston, we call her our unofficial lawyer. She handles all of our business. She's always the one, oh, yeah, we got to check that out. Uh -uh, Uh-uh, we going to let that go. So when she found out about it, she came home. And she took her father to the doctor. They immediately sent him to the hospital. And he was in the hospital four days because the strokes were getting worse. And again, he was normal. And at this point, he started dragging his right leg. Then it went from there where it affected his hand. And so I just, uh, my formal education from special education, ministering at the church, ministering with preschool children, it just kicked in for me. Because I was able to witness to my husband. It's kind of like when a person doesn't have anything else to do, they are kind of calmed down and hear other things. Does that make sense? They'll do that. And I just, he would tell me, he said, read to me. And I would say, read what? He said, read the the word, read the word. So I would just read. I said, what you want me to read? He said, I'll go in John. Oh, go in Mark. Oh, go over here. And I would just read and read and read. And uh, I would pray with him. And I remember one day we had worship service. It was my daughter, my youngest daughter, he and I, because she loves the ministry. She loves it. So we were sitting there and he called her. He excused himself. He went to the restroom. And so he called her. She said, mommy, come here. Come here. And, and before I could get up, I just started praying. I couldn't get up. 
because I'm thinking to myself, oh, okay, he's really had a big stroke now. So uh, when I finally went back there, tears was just flowing, flowing out of him. Just he was shaking and everything. And he just kept saying, that man is real. That's what he would call God. He said, that man is real. So I said, what man? Because I really didn't know what he was talking about. He said, Sharon, the man. So then it dawned on me. He was talking about God, and he was shaking his head. He actually couldn't get a word out. His lips were trembling, and he was crying, and he said he's real. And he was telling my daughter before I got in, he said, don't call your mom. He said, don't tell your mom. He said, because she'll know. She'll know. And so when I finally got in there, and I said, when I finally got in there and we were talking, I said, Lee, it's a visitation from the Lord. I said, it's a visitation from the Lord. I said, you, will, you cannot control it. I said, all I can tell you is surrender. Just surrender to the Lord. And so I was praying, and we were rejoicing. And when we tried to come back to the table, we could not do it because it was like the Spirit of God was just in the room, just engulfed in the room. And so we sat there for a long time. And from that day until the day that my husband died, he was never the same. He was never the same man that I knew all those years I had lived with. After that day, I began to witness to him even more. And I remember telling him one day, I said, have you ever accepted the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior, Lee? I said, it's so simple. And then he said, well, he said, I believe I am. I said, do you remember how? He said, no. He said, I just remember getting baptized. I said, yeah, I did too. I said, but did you know it's more than being baptized? I don't remember him saying, I accept the Lord as my personal Savior that particular day. But I do remember when it was all said and done, he said, God loves his children. He said, God loves his children. Eric, my husband, was very, very, it's, it's kind of like a stubborn child. I won't do, I, I know to do it, but I'm not going to do it just because you want me to do it. I kind of assessed it to be that. But the Lord let me know that there were many times before I had to leave the preschool and come and take care of him full time that he and Leah had, had conversations in this house. But as my husband began to decrease in his health, I remember us playing one day, and I was just having so much fun that day. And I said, I looked over at him, I said, husband, are you happy to be at home? I won't tell you the words he used. But he was joyfully happy to be in his home with his family and knowing, most of all, that God had forgiven him. Because we talked about that a lot, too, forgiveness. We talked about um, him being down and how excited I was to take care of him because he was the love of my life. He was my children's father, and he was the father's son. And so many things happened. One day I was lotioning him down. And uh, he couldn't bathe alone. So I was lotioning him down. I took care of him like a really little baby. And I got down to his feet. And um, it was a day I wasn't feeling my best. Kind of angry with him. And I got to his feet. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, do it as unto me.
and I fell on my husband's feet and I was crying and crying. And the Lord told me, he said, I want you to let him feel love before he leave this earth. Now that was painful because I knew God was saying some things to me that I didn't want to hear. But all, it took all of that for me to sit here and say the favor of God on my life, going through those abortions, suffering infidelity in my marriage. And all I wanted to be was just be married, have a family, be that good wife, love on my husband. That's all I wanted. And I felt betrayed because it seemed like that's not what he wanted. But when I found out his sister, that's all he knew. Um, but it did. It took all of that for me to sit here and call part of my story God's favor, his favor, being that little girl from the ghetto of Arkansas, being that little girl from the sticks, being that little girl that God raised up, arrogant, bully, all of that. He said, well, I'm going to let her go to college. And when she come out, I'm going to bless her. All of that. That's why I say God's favor, unconditional love, unconditional favor that he have on us when others make us feel that we're nothing because of things, situations that come in life. I now have so much love and compassion for people. And I am especially drawn to the lesser vessel because I know how they feel. I know how I feel. And I used to be ashamed, but not anymore. Because God has shown me his favor in my life. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's story, we think you'll also like Andrea's story, The Forgiveness of an Adulterer, as well as JD's story, When All Seems Lost. They'll be linked in the show notes below. We encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what He wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share his stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.